You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockdownPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with you all on the first game day of the regular season for your New Orleans Pelicans, as they're going to be on national TV, taking on in a tough matchup, the Houston Rockets. We will be previewing this game from a number of angles uh, as we get into the podcast here, but before we do that, we've got to talk about some concerns. They, you know, rewatched a number of these preseason games there's some things we kind of got to dive into because this team again it's preseason you can't read too much into it looked pretty damn bad so we'll kind of talk about the concerns really focusing on the defense how you turn defense into offense and a couple of other things like that but before we get into all of that Look, this is my third season doing the podcast here. If you've been with me from the beginning, thank you so much for being a part of this. And if you're new to the podcast, no better time to start listening than now, as it is the start of what is maybe the most hopeful year for the Pelicans than they've had in a while. And please do tell your friends, get them tuned into the podcast Monday through Friday, giving you guys everything you need to know about your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans. So with all of that said, let's jump right on into everything. So we will preview the game, like I said, but there's a couple of concerning numbers I really wanted to look at for this New Orleans Pelicans team that kind of gives you an idea of what they're looking to improve on and, you know, kind of where their struggles were in preseason and why this is maybe a concern going forward into the regular season. You you kind of want to just hand wave away preseason. It is preseason. Anthony Davis played in four out of the five games. You know, he didn't play in the second half of two of the games. He was only going at 25 speed. Same thing kind of with Drew Holiday, though. He was trying a little bit more. And largely, they were playing a lot of untested guys just to see if any of them might stick and make the roster. So there's not a whole lot of predictive ability there in preseason. Like, there isn't in any sport whatsoever. But I was on the Locked on Rockets podcast yesterday, kind of previewing this game as well, talking about this. And Ben DuBose, their host, brought up a couple of good points. Some things I kind of want to, you know, talk a little bit more about because it gives you a better understanding of how this Pelicans team works. The first is they put up a lot of points in preseason. We know that. We saw that. They were kind of lighting it up on a nightly basis. But were they an efficient, effective offense? Don't forget, points per game is very different than offensive efficiency. Points per game is increased by the more you know uh, possessions you have. That's not necessarily what we saw from the Pelicans here in the preseason. Let me pull the numbers up as my computer's going slow, and it's cool when it switches to all of a sudden the regular season. But when you look at it, the Pelicans were tied for 10th in points per game at 113 per game. Pretty damn good, right? Well, no. Look at their offensive rating, their offensive efficiency during that time. They had an offensive rating of 98.9. That's tied for, or not tied, that's 26th in the NBA in terms of NBA teams that during the preseason. So go from 10th in points per game to actually being the 26th best offense when you account for pace. That's not great. 
So why is that number so low other than, you know, the usual things you can kind of just say is going on? No AD trying really hard, no Drew Holiday. But in the, 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 the final game that he played in, Anthony Davis did try, and the offense still kind of stunk. The problem comes from the way they play their offense, and this goes back to something that I've talked a lot about last year. Their offense looks better than it actually was, in my opinion. They played a, a lot early in the shot clock, meaning playing in the fast break. They were taking shots early on there because they were out and running after a miss. Their defense was good. It led to a lot of transition opportunities, and they scored close to 20 fast break points per game. They want to really be over that number. Well, in the preseason, the Pelicans averaged just 12.8 fast break points per game. That ranked them 19th overall. They basically need to be top five in that number if they want to try and win. The Lakers were one at 23.8 there. Raptors two, 20.2, 19.4 for the Wizards. Four were the Clippers, 19.9. And the Golden State Warriors for 19 points even. The Pelicans were under 13 during the preseason. You need to get more out of that, and that's going to significantly help your offensive rating. The Pelicans aren't a good half-court team. They're not a good shooting team in terms of percentages either. They cannot rely on killing teams with outside jumpers with three-pointers. That will be the death of this team. We saw it all last year, too. While they ranked really highly in terms of offense in the early on in the shot clock range, they weren't efficient in their shooting percentage during that time while higher than the rest of their shooting percentage overall, because it's early on and they played in transition, was around middle of the pack at best in early offense. So we know they're not great at it, and they kind of just make up for it by, as my cat's running into things here, they, they make up for it by using it so much, and it's, it's a volume thing for them. But they get a lot of points in the fast break. If they're not getting points in the fast break, this is just kind of a crappy offense. And you can see that it's just not enough. Otherwise, the Pelicans actually ranked six in points in the paint scored in the preseason. So they were getting down low and able to score that way. It's just not enough because they don't get it from anywhere else. They need to score at the rim and they need to ideally do it when they have a man advantage. And they weren't getting enough of that in the preseason. So in the next segment here, though, we're going to talk about why they weren't. And we're going to talk about how this defense works and operates and why that's probably the most key part of that for your New Orleans Pelicans. Don't forget Locked On NBA Monday through Friday now that the regular season's underway. And we had two games last night with the Celtics taking a big lead over the uh, 76ers and looking like a very, very good NBA team. And of course, the Warriors. I'm recording this while the game's still going on. I'm just going to say winning given that Westbrook isn't there. But now you've got Locked On NBA to recap everything going on from the night before for you and then previewing the night upcoming. It's the only thing you need to listen to if you just need one thing to catch you up to speed on the association. So make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. So before we talk about the defense, guys, let's talk about something else that's pretty damn important, and that's sex. Good sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Look, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that this is going to work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as another type of pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. BlueChew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no awkwardly waiting at the pharmacy, 
see, just no awkwardness in general. They're made in the US and Blue Chew prepares and ships directly. They're cheaper than a pharmacy because of that. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com, that's bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com and get your first shipment free, free, when you use our special promo code locked on, you just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's blue, B L U E, chew.com, promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, faster, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So let's look at the defensive side of the ball for the Pelicans because I think this is really one of the biggest keys to them and it's the way you unlock the offense and we're going to tell you here exactly why. So the defense last year ranked in the top 10 and they did it by just contesting opponent shots and forcing them to take bad ones. That helps when you have Anthony Davis defending on the rim, Drew Holiday just harassing you on the perimeter, and guys that can at least get their hands up and have length to bother you just a little bit to get a a hand in front of the face on a shot, or if you're Alfred Payton's case, hair in front of your face on a shot, that kind of screws it up just a little bit. They actually were the ninth best team when it came to field goal percentage against, and we've talked about this on the podcast. That leads to a lot of misses. When there's misses, you can grab rebounds, and with those rebounds, you can get out and run and score in transition and score in the fast break and increase your uh, fast break points per game. It's what the team did. They were, when you look at the numbers, a bad rebounding team in terms of percentage, but that's because they were playing so fast, opponents were missing so many shots that it's easy to not grab some of those boards and different things like that. And just, again, it's a volume thing. They still grabbed enough to increase those fast break points per game, which makes up for the bad offense. That hasn't been the case here in preseason, and I think that's one of the big concerns. The Pelicans' defensive rating is actually 28th in the league in preseason, only ahead of the Sacramento Kings and the Minnesota Timberwolves. When you look at opponent-made field goal percentage against the Pelicans, it was Pretty bad. They were the 26th worst team in the NBA when it came to that. Certainly not going to get it done there. And all of a sudden then, you're taking the ball out of your own basket. You're inbounding the ball. And that's a big problem for this team because they're going to try and play fast. We know they're going to play fast. But they're not good at playing fast unless it's in the fast break and not just early shot clock usage that now when you're inbounding the ball, you're not able to get those fast break points because the defense has gotten back. They've gotten set during that time it takes you to inbound. But there's hope that this is going to get better. And the reason is one of the the reasons opponents shot such a high percentage against the Pelicans is they were just killing New Orleans inside. Opponents scored 65.2 points per game against the Pelicans in the paint. That was by far dead last in the league of all NBA teams in the preseason. The next closest was Minnesota, who gave up 52.4 points in the paint. That's a basically a 13-point difference. That is a very, very high number, and that's not likely to continue going into next year or going into the regular season here. So there's hope that maybe this won't be the case. And I'm pulling up the numbers now to exactly see what opponents did to the Pelicans. That was kind of bad last year, but it was 47.7. Again, it's a near 15, 16, 17, 18 point differential right there. If you're not just scoring at will down low, then all of a sudden you're not inbounding the ball as much and you can get transition offense better. You know, there are some concerns that maybe some of those will continue just a little bit, though again, 
again, when Anthony Davis is playing his better brand of defense and a lot of people are projecting him to be the defensive player of the year, we know what Drew Holiday is capable of. You have to figure that Alfred Payton is at least an upgrade slightly defensively over Rondo. Etwan Moore is playing out of position, but he does his best. And now you've got Miritich who can defend. You've got Randall who can defend fives. And hopefully that's going to slow things down and create more offense. I think that's why there's only room to improve here. But it's still mildly, mildly, it's preseason. We can hand wave some of it away concerning for the Pelicans going into the regular season, particularly because as they get to this opener, we know what their defensive game plan is going to be against the Houston Rockets. That's allowing them to score inside and not beat you three-pointers. We saw it a number of times last year. Well, the Rockets have to be looking at that being like, well, we're going to put up 80, 90 points in the paint tonight. And that just can't be a thing for the Pelicans. But we'll preview that in just a moment. But before we preview that, I do want to mention there's a new point of emphasis here in the NBA, and that's kind of called freedom of movement. We've seen it in years past where a lot of teams just kind of grab Anthony Davis, prevent him from going up and getting the ball or kind of hold his arm down or something like that. You don't get free throws out of those because they're not in the motion of shooting. They're not shooting fouls. The NBA has kind of instructed guys to and their refs to call that a little bit more that if it was kind of an obvious scoring play and they grab him or wrap him up and prevent him from just doing anything anything like that, you're going to be seeing these guys go to the line. This only helps the New Orleans Pelicans with skilled big men in Julius Randle and Anthony Davis down low. This is a team that did not get to the line you know, significantly at all last year, and now they should be in line to get more trips to the charity stripe because of the way refs are going to be calling games. I think they're hoping that basically if you call a lot of this early on in the regular season that it'll go away by midseason because players aren't going to grab and restrict the movement that way. But we've seen it. Anthony Davis gets mugged and there's no foul call. Well, that's hopefully going to change as the refs adjust to it because it was a big point of emphasis. So something that might impact the Pelicans this coming year in just a little way. If they can get to the line more with a somewhat inefficient offense that does require playing in the fast break, I think that's a way you can kind of get back to that top 10 offense that they want to be even if you don't get the fast break points. If you can take advantage of getting to the line, that's only going to be a good thing. So hopefully we'll see calls go New Orleans way a little bit more than maybe it did say in the playoffs against a team like the Warriors when the call disparity was rather large. So before we get to the game preview, hey, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their favorite podcasts. Our demographic are 98% males, they have more education and earnings than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsored Locked on Pelicans. Get a live read. You hear me do it for a number of different things because people do want to advertise on here because it works. Email me. It's LockedOnPels at gmail.com. That's LockedOnPels at gmail.com. So game time. Yes, the regular season is starting in a pretty high profile matchup for New Orleans and the Houston Rockets. This is going to be interesting because for the most part, New Orleans played Houston pretty well last year, despite Houston having the top record in the Western Conference. They did it with a bit of an unorthodox style. They let James Harden and Clint Capella kill them inside and just clamp down on the three-point shooters because they know they can't keep up with most teams when it comes to a three-point barrage. If any, you know, that you really can't do it against is going to be the Warriors or the Houston Rockets. Houston, who takes 45-plus per game, it's a lot, and sometimes it's a math thing. You're not going to make as many threes as they are, and you can get bare 
buried early on. But they figured with Anthony Davis, you could take away just enough of those inside makes and slow down this Houston Rockets attack that really is just kind of isolation heavy and a very slow team, believe it or not. They're not a run-and-gun Mike D'Antoni system. They are a very slow, particularly in the second half of the year team that relied on ISO basketball. And you know what? New Orleans wants you to go one-on-one against Drew Holiday or one-on-one with Anthony Davis down low. And I actually like uh, Julius Randle in one-on-one defense, not in pick-and-roll defense, but I don't mind him one-on-one as a rim protector. So New Orleans has their blueprint for how they kind of want to defend against this Rockets team. It's going to be a little bit more difficult now that you got Chris Paul back and healthy. You've got a new go-to scorer off the bench in Carmelo Anthony. By the way, in the starting lineups in the game notes, he is listed as the sixth man, and it says sixth man I've never seen that before. Scott Kushner tweeted it out on Twitter, and it's pretty hilarious that that's kind of what they're trying to do to bump him up for that. That's something that's basically unheard of for it. But hey, at least he's going to be coming off the bench for him. That's kind of a big thing. On the flip side of this, though, the Houston Rockets are going to have their hands full with Davis, and I think this is a big game for Randall. And you actually might want to start him in this one, but we know they're going to end up starting Miritich. Basically, the starting lineup is going to be what we all thought it was going to be. Alfred Payton steps in for Rajon Rondo. You got Drew Holiday at the two because he does work a little bit better as he's kind of unlocked and doesn't need to focus on being that pure point as much. Each one more is going to start at three. Nico at the four and AD at the five. You know, the, the Houston Rockets switch a lot. So you're going to see out there the Pelicans try and get Capella put on Julius Randle. Again, he's a bull down low and he sets his sights on the rim. He can usually muscle through anyone to kind of score that way. And maybe he gets Capella in trouble. But the, uh, but the Rockets don't have another guy that can really handle AD. They threw Trevor Ariza on Anthony Davis a lot last year, and those kind of strongish, lanky wings do a good job of defending AD because they can keep up with his athleticism. They're strong enough to kind of just not get bullied down low, and they've got the length to kind of at least somewhat contest his shots when he tries to shoot over him. There's a reason you saw the Warriors kind of defend him with Kevin Durant at periods of time. They tried to defend him with Draymond Green, and there's a reason that those guys are fairly effective, whereas traditional lumber Numbering centers aren't and just undersized, you know, fours aren't because AD has other moves to do and he can kind of get around him that way. But Trevor Ariza is not there. And I think that's a big thing. I don't think this Houston Rockets team is going to regress as much as people think. Um, I think, you know, their system and defense was kind of designed to let them succeed that way. And it wasn't necessarily unlocked by Ariza and a guy like Luke Baamute. But certainly, I mean, who's going to guard AD in this one? You know, if you get Capella on him, you've got two other bigs that can really hurt this team. And Randall to shoot threes because he'll be open then. Or not Randall, Mirtich. Or Randall is just going to try and bully through whoever they throw on him. He's going to have an easier time just bulldozing past them on the way to the rim. You know, you've got P.J. Tucker there who can maybe defend a little bit. But I think that's going to be rather hard for him. And I think that's kind of what you're looking for when the Pelicans do have to settle in the half court where they're not great. But this is kind of one of those games where, you know, one of the two bigs, I think, in AD or Randall are going to go off. And if you get just enough stops on the offensive end and maybe Houston has a rough night shooting from three and you're kind of relying on variance just a little bit there, you can win this game. 
I certainly think this is winnable better now in the beginning of the year or more winnable now in the beginning of the year than it would be later. They're kind of still figuring some things out. Houston's had a, a good bit of turnover. Ryan Anderson's gone and have come other guys, and they're still kind of feeling and trying to gel. So you may as well get this early matchup where maybe you just get hot from the field or something like that and can win. And I think it's something the Pelicans are going to be capable of doing, and they need to because if they win this, you're looking at a potential 6-0 and start a four and one start, and I think that's great. Or sorry, five and one start, and that's a real big thing for this team. One to get the crowd behind them, and to get the city of New Orleans jacked and energized about them. We talked about this. I did two hours on WWL Radio, eight seventy AM here in the Gulf South earlier or yesterday, and you know they're kind of concerned that if the Pelicans get off to a rough start, the Saints are doing well. It might be kind of empty in the blender in the Smoothie King Center if that's the case. So they definitely need to get off this hot start. But I'm glad they're playing the Rockets now versus playing the Rockets later on. So we're going to see if they can get this victory on opening night. Again, national TV. You're in the spotlight. AD, you've said you want to be the most dominant player in the NBA. It's time to go out there and prove it because you have the matchups in your favor to be able to go out and drop 50. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Opening night is here. Enjoy the game. And of course, as always, I'll be back to recap it for you guys tomorrow. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 